Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Exploring the Lord of the Rings. This is session number 192 and session number one officially on The Ring Goes South. As we begin this strange stretch, which is life after the Council of Elrond, uh, which some of us was not 100% sure uh, would um, actually happen. But here we are. Uh, going on uh, to the Ringo's South. Um, so there were uh, several things that I was um, reflecting on. So this past weekend was Mythmoot, and it was awesome. Uh, so glad to see so many of you there. I got to uh, talk with, with many of you and to uh, connect with many of you. Um, it was... Uh, it was it was wonderful, um, and of course we had several conversations about exploring the Lord of the Rings, and there were um, there were a few things that I was uh, reflecting on and had several conversations about. Uh, one was uh, some additional data <laughs> that was laid upon me by Evil Doctor Cannon, who is there uh, at Mythmood in person, and uh, we had a we had a long talk about this and. Um, he was pointing out, he, he made a couple more graphs um, in which he was calculating if you, um, if you go back and you calculate on the average number of pages per session, if you average uh, our, to our time from the last three chapters, um, that is, so if you take the average of our t of pages per session from the last three chapters uh, and project forward, it's about, um, it's going to take about 20 years or so uh, to finish the rest of The Lord of the Rings. But uh, if you adopt the last chapter, if you adopt the Council of Elrond uh, as our model for going forward and assume that we're going to proceed through The Lord of the Rings at about the same pace that we did the Council of Elrond at, then it projects actually to 30 years uh, to get through uh, to the end. And I thought this was a very encouraging thing, frankly, uh, because I figure, okay, 30 years, uh, and then adding a few extra years in uh, for, you know, so there it is, Evil Electric Cannon's graph right there. Um, yeah, yeah, there it is. Okay, here I am. Let me see if I can explain. I don't know if I'm going to be able to put it on. But anyway, it's, uh, it's here on Discord. It take me a minute to get it. Maybe I can download it. I'm not sure. Um, but um, anyway, yeah. Let's see. I'll open the link. There we go. Okay, I can get it. All right, here it is. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. All right, there it is. And then I can even make it bigger, big enough to look at. There we go. Okay, forecasted time remaining uh, based on our progress. Uh, and the blue line is the line for uh, based on the pace of the Council of Elrond. Uh, so as you can see, right around uh, a little over 29 years, uh, which I figure I round up another three, three and a half years if you put together all of the weeks that I'm going to have to skip because of uh, uh, because of 
travel and you know other family conflicts and things like that put those together over the course of the next you know 30 years and that'll probably be an extra three years or so um but i think this is great i think this is great this is um uh uh this is very encouraging i find this very encouraging because this means that probably um i will will be finished with this by the time i'm 80. so that's perfect right what could be better uh so i you know i think this is um uh this is excellent now this math this does not include the returning to the beginning so we can read you know concerning hobbits and the other introductory material doesn't include the appendices doesn't include going back and doing chapter one again which we skipped so much of uh and all and all that kind of thing um but um yeah exactly Irinda says she's looking forward to the time when we start late because i'm putting the grandkids to bed yes yes indeed um well given that um uh, yes, <laughs> I'm sure that that is going to be happening. Um, but um, anyway, so that's, uh, uh, that's, that's what we have in front of us here. And there are several things, um, and there are several things that we, you know, really can and should be thinking about moving forward. One of the things that this also sort of led to is thinking a good deal more about what we've talked about in the past. We've talked about having some kind of publication, right? Some kind of um, uh, thing, right? Where we uh, we produce material from this. Um, and there are several issues here. So, uh, of course, you know, many people have suggested that I should write, you know, an Exploring the Lord of the Rings book or, or, or set of books like my Exploring the Hobbit book. And that was a lot of fun, and, and goodness knows I, I'd be very interested in doing that uh, at some point. But first of all, there's no way um, there's no way that I'm going to have time to do that anytime very soon, so it's not a hugely practical suggestion. But more importantly, it wouldn't do the trick, right? That, that Or rather, I mean, like, I could do that, but it wouldn't, that would not satisfy me. Um, what I want is something that is going to be more interactive, more um, with more opportunity to grow organically over time. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> Tora Martin says the binding of the book might be wider than its cover. It's possible. Kurtzum is, yeah, something more like a wiki uh, with recordings. It would need to have multimedia uh, options in there. But it's more than just... Because what what I would love to see, um, so we had several conversations about this over the course of the weekend, and I have a, a slightly queer idea of what I would like to see. I would like to see something like a web page that could host our uh, you know, like our, our summaries, like starting with uh, the 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 summaries that Tony's already done, the kind of overview of our uh, of our discussions, which are so wonderful and so useful, um, and to have those heavily hyperlinked to particular topics of discussion, uh, particular items of debate, uh, particular themes that we might want to track through multiple sessions uh, and come back to. Um, and uh, anyway, so and then each one of those, of course, could have a page which could contain, um, you know, obviously more than just stuff that we talked about in class. I would love to have those themselves then be uh, like discussion forums where discussion could continue um, and even potentially 
uh, to be able to facilitate sort of further live discussions that could be recorded. Um, in other words, I have no, you know, it's not about the, the thing that I would like to produce, the a sort of web page or, you know, electronic, uh, massively hyperlinked and multimedia text that I would like to create uh, from that I would like to see created from this. It's not about, I mean, goodness knows, this class has never been about uh, just like, you know, me giving you my insights. As you know, I've set out on purpose to have these discussions be spontaneous. I'm discovering along with you guys. Um, this isn't just about like, you know, me preparing my wisdom to download to you. Of course, teaching's never really like that anyway. Uh, and um, and here, that's not even my ambition. Um, so, you know, sometimes I think I've stumbled across some pretty interesting things. Many times you guys have suggested things I've never thought of before, or things have emerged as we've been talking together that I suspect, you know, none of us uh, planned or foresaw. And so, of course, it's fun uh, to kind of catalog those and to, you know, to sort of write those down and note those down. But there are going to be a lot of things. I know I've already read The Lord of the Rings again several times. Uh, since we started. And when I'm reading the parts that we've already discussed, there are several times when a new thing that I never thought of before occurs to me. And that's going to happen. That's always going to happen. So again, I don't want it just to be sort of a static record of what we talked about in the sessions, though. Of course, like that's a good place to start, right? Uh, as anything. Um, so uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's going to be... It needs to be... So if, if, if this thing, right, this big electronic text thing uh, that I'm talking about um, is to be, you know, some kind of, some kind of legacy, right? Some kind of, um, uh, uh, you know, something useful for the future. Uh, the idea is not that like what we've come up with or what we've said along the way here, you know, is definitive and must be permanently recorded, um, but rather to provide opportunities for further discovery and further discussion uh, as uh, as as things move forward. So, anyway, that's um, that's the kind of thing that I'm thinking of, and we're almost ready. I wonder. I wonder if we would be. Um, I wonder if we would be, you know, we've been talking about this since we finished book one, right? I, I remember sitting down with you guys and having a long discussion about that, low these two years ago. Um, but, um, yeah, Kurtzema says this would be, uh, almost be more like a concordance than a book. Kurtzema says it would contain many of the elements of a concordance, in fact. Um, as I would love to take... Um, now, of course, one of the tricky parts, Kurtzimus, is that we can't actually include the text of The Lord of the Rings in it, right? Which is a shame. I mean, what I would really love to do is to have the full text of The Lord of the Rings and have it hyperlinked, right, with our different discussions and, um, and, uh, and thoughts and suggestions. That would really, in my opinion, be optimal. We can't do that uh, legally uh, just due to copyright restrictions. Um, so we can't do that. But we can at least, uh, you know, start at, with... A, that's why I'm kind of imagining a sort of the base text 
being the summaries, like the episode summaries, um, as a way to kind of march through, so that people can march through the text. You know, could kind of march through summaries of our discussions, see the flow of everything that we've talked about, <clears throat> but also have the opportunity to kind of drill down, either drill down deeper into particular discussions or to move outwards. Um, and so drilling down, by the way, could also get you to uh, video, uh, like video or, and audio snippets of like the relevant section of class. So you wouldn't just have to go through the whole long class recording. Um, and it also could link you to other places where that same theme has come up before. Um, so, you know, when we're looking at a particular uh, word usage or, you know, thinking about the subjunctive mood or something like that, um, to be able to have links that would be able to take you to all of the different episodes, uh, you know, in sequence in which we talked about all those things. Um, so anyway, that's, um, that's just what we're, um, uh, that that's what we're, that's that's what I would really love to uh, to see. Um, it would be because see, see, this is one of the other things. And this came up in my discussions with Evil Doctor Cannon when he was having a serious talk with me about our projections for the times, and that is um, uh, that is that we it's going to become harder and harder. I people are going to carry on discovering this, right? But could you imagine the situation of somebody who discovers this, uh, you know, 10 years from now, after 15 years worth of recordings? I mean, the time will come when it's going to be about 1,500, you know, 15, 2,000 hours of listening to catch up to the live class, right? Um, 2,000 hours. I mean, put that in context. 2,000 hours. That's a full-time job for a year. Right, eight hours a day, five days a week, fifty weeks out of the year, um, and you know, so it's 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 not really uh, going to uh, be reasonable, uh, right, to um, uh, to to expect people to catch up. Um, obviously, people. So having a having a mechanism whereby they can you know, look at summaries. And so if they, if they really want to follow the flow of our discussions to this point and then jump in, that there will be some options for that rather than listening necessarily to all 2,000 hours uh, in order uh, before we get to the end of that. Um, but um, anyway, anyway, that's... So yeah, I mean, I, so Freebeard, I think it's a, it's a Freebird, that's a perfectly good question. Um, like, do we have any reason to think that uh, people, uh, you know, not here are going to be interested? It's been my experience ever since I started my podcast that there are lots of people who are interested in this kind of thing and who would be interested in the kind, and not to mention those who come after. Um, many of you who've been around my podcast for a long time may have fond memories of the Silmarillion seminar that we held back in 2010. I still get emails. I still get emails uh, from people who have just discovered the Silmarillion seminar and are thanking me for doing it. And that was like more than 10 years ago. It was, it was 11 years ago at this time. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, there, it could be, you know, when after all of us here are gone, right, people will still be uh, um, 
people will still be discovering this. So, exactly, praise. This is for posterity, precisely. Um, uh, so anyway, that's, uh, as I say, that's always been my experience since I started the podcast. Um, I began this podcast with a, with a sort of, uh, underestimation of how many people there were out there who might be interested in this sort of thing. Um, and, uh, I've learned over the last 11 years not to underestimate that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, and yeah, Drowsnake points out that 2050 is around the time the Lord of the Rings is expected to enter the public domain, but Drowsnake, I'm not holding my breath about that, uh, because Tolkien, you know, the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit both are scheduled to hit the public domain after Mickey Mouse does, and so therefore I don't expect them ever to do so. Uh, but that's a, but that's a different thing. Um, exactly. Drowsnake points out that the mouse always has its way, and that's precisely precisely it. Um, but anyway, so I am, uh, I, I'm not quite sure exactly how to proceed, but if people are interested to proceed, I think we could begin sort of forming a kind of editorial team, uh, to kind of talk about the mechanics, uh, of moving forward with this project. Um, I don't have much time, uh, to, okay, that is litotes, as we say in my industry. Um, uh, I have almost no time uh, to dedicate to this project myself right now, um, but I would love to see it happen, uh, and I would be happy to facilitate its occurring uh, and uh, and kind of you know support it in uh, uh, various other ways that we can. Um, but um, uh, anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, Captain Mo, I agree. That line about, uh, you know, when those who are now in the wombs of women grow old, right? Yeah, that Aragorn says in the, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Now there's, uh, there's, uh, uh, that is a, uh, a line relevant to be thought of, uh, in, in regards to the future of, uh, exploring the Lord of the Rings. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, we'll, we'll, we will, um, we will see. And yeah, Trifle, I agree. There will be uh, a significant degree of um, uh, computer encoding work involved. So yeah, we're going to need people to help with... Uh, Tony's been doing summaries. We may need people to, to help with other summaries or some other uh, uh, kind of editorial segments there. We'll need people to help with video and audio editing to be able to prevent present relevant clips so that people don't have to shift through, you know, like the whole, like, you know, scrub somewhere up to, you know, like an hour and a half in to find the particular relevant section. We're going to have to, um, uh, we're, we're, we're going to need to be doing some, um, some, some coding to, uh, uh, to figure out how to lay this up. We're going to need some, you know, web design to kind of put it together. So there's, there's definitely going to be a, a variety of skills that would be, that would be needed for this. Um, and to think about how everything could be kind of, um, um, could be integrated, uh, together. Um, but anyway, that's, um, exactly music. We're going to need to remove the announcements again, just could separate out individual segments. There's all kinds of, uh, there's all kinds of things here. Um, but, um, anyway, yeah. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So let's see, uh, what to do next. Why don't you, um, uh, if you are interested in this project, uh, you can, go ahead and send an email. I think, 
by email is probably the um, the the easiest thing to do. Um, you can send an email. You can send an email to. Um, let's see, where can you send an email? Why don't you send an email uh, just to the to the basic Signum line to info at signumuniversity.org or signumu.org. Info at signumu.org. Um, uh, so yeah, that would be that that'd be easiest, and then we can kind of sort out exactly where things are going to happen next and everything. Uh, that would be uh, that would be really cool. So any one of those kinds of tasks that I talked about, if you'd be interested in being involved, and again, if not, no problem, right? There's just no pressure. Just for people, I know lots of people have expressed a, a desire to see this happen and to uh, take part in that. Um, so uh, so yeah, send us an email. And we'll put together a team and see see what we can do. Um, one last note uh, that I would make before we uh, get... Well, no, I'll do that next time. Okay. All right. But let's move... Let's get into... Because, you know, we're not going to get anywhere in Chapter 2 here if we don't hustle. Hustle. That's what we're all about, right? Um, okay. So we had started with the Council of Bilbo. Later that day, the hobbits held a meeting of their own in Bilbo's room. Merry and Pippin were indignant when they heard that Sam had crept into the council and had been chosen as Frodo's companion. It's most unfair, said Pippin. Instead of throwing him out and clapping him in chains, Elrond goes and rewards him for his cheek. Rewards, said Frodo. I can't imagine a more severe punishment. You were not thinking what you were saying. Condemned to go on this hopeless journey, a reward? Yesterday I dreamed that my task was done, and I could rest here a long while, perhaps for good. I don't wonder, said Mary, and I wish you could. But we were envying Sam, not you. If you have to go, then it will be a punishment for any of us to be left behind, even in Rivendell. We have come a long way with you and been through some stiff times. We want to go on. That's what I meant, said Pippin. We hobbits ought to stick together, and we will. I shall go unless they chain me up. There must be someone with intelligence in the party. Then you certainly will not be chosen, Peregrine Took, said Gandalf, looking in through the window, which was near the ground. But you are all worrying yourselves unnecessarily. Nothing is decided yet. Yeah, Captain Moe, I love the fact that uh, it's Gandalf who's, eavesdro who's eavesdropping outside the window, right? But you'll notice... Nobody attempts to infenestrate Gandalf, right? Uh, though it would have been, one might think, a fair turnabout uh, for Sam to reach out and pull the wizard in through the window. He doesn't even try it for some reason. Not quite sure why. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, perhaps they could have all done it together as a team effort, Curse as it's possible. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, now... My favorite line, by the way, in this passage, um, I, 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 the one sentence uh, that I go through and like repeat to myself, uh, you know, when I, I that I just I just love the uh, the the whole sound and the sense of it. We are envying Sam, not you, right? Um, Frodo, as Matt was just pointing out. Um, there's uh, Frodo is so beside himself he can't engage in hobbitry, right? Um, he's he. They're joking, right? They're all reacting like hobbits, right? They're all engaging in hobbitry. They're teasing each other, right? Um, starts with Pippin choosing Sam, right? Uh, throwing him out and clapping him in chains. Elrond goes and rewards him for his cheek, uh, and then. Um, you know, again, Pippin, of course, 
can't be stopped, right? Uh, with his uh, with his hobbitry, even down to his remark about intelligence, um, and uh, but Frodo in the middle of it is is he's the one who's completely out of tune with everybody else here, right? Rewards, I can't imagine a more severe punishment. You were not thinking what you were saying. Condemned to go on this hopeless journey, a reward. Um, condemned to go on this hopeless journey, a reward. Uh, Frodo is rather pessimistic here, right? Um, Frodo has just made the step. And remember the emphasis that was laid upon this, both explicitly in his words and implicitly in how he approached the whole thing before and after Frodo's volunteering, how much emphasis Elrond laid upon Frodo's choice, right? Upon Frodo's volunteering and his act of free will. And sort of despite that or after that um, there's yeah um, there's uh, he's still describing it right condemned to go on this hopeless journey a reward now he's not describing himself there as condemned right he's not been condemned to go on this hopeless journey Sam was condemned to go on this hopeless journey. As we talked about, Elrond was, you know, as we talked about last time when we were looking at Sam's volunteering, Elrond is explicit about preserving Frodo's free will. He's more implicit in preserving Sam's free will. And this seems to me wholly appropriate and only demonstrates that, uh, you know, Elrond is picking up what Sam's putting down, right? Um, Sam was obviously, though he didn't bother to actually say it in so many words, was obviously himself volunteering or even perhaps more strongly uh, the word volunteering might be too gentle a word for what Sam was doing, um, especially given the sort of impetus that brought him to leap up and speak up and out of turn in front of everybody there at the council, right? Um, this is much more urgent than just a volunteering uh, on Sam's part. And and again, it seems to me uh, that Elrond read that and read that perfectly well. But Frodo characterizes it, that is what Elrond says to Sam, um, as a condemnation, right? A condemnation to go on this hopeless journey. Um, and that's interesting, right? I can't imagine a more severe punishment. And again, like on the surface, of course, one can easily see what he means, right? Um, what uh, what more horrible way to condemn Sam, right, for sneaking in, uh, for sneaking into the council, uninvited, uh, than to send him off on this, uh, you know, on this hopeless journey to his death, right? Um, which, by calling it hopeless, that's what Frodo is suggesting, right? And he goes on. I I dreamed yesterday. I dreamed that my task was done, and I could rest here a long while, perhaps for good. Now, this is interesting, because I'm not sure I get where Frodo is right now, you know, as far as, like, his headspace, if you see what I mean. Um... I don't think that um, 
Um, I don't think... Th oh, excellent. I see Druid's Fire has created a new uh, Discord channel here. Uh, uh, ex Lotro Multimedia Project uh, for people who want to discuss that separately. Fantastic. That's great. Thank you, Druid's Fire. That's very helpful. Um, okay, so... Uh, as I say, I don't really get... I don't think I understand exactly where Frodo is here. Maybe you guys can help me understand this, because I don't understand it. For one thing, yesterday I dreamed that my task was done and I could rest here a long while, perhaps for good. Maybe? I mean, I don't disbelieve him. It's not like I think he's lying right here, right? And yet, he's known for some time, right? Um... You know, I go to lose a treasure, right? He's not, he's going, he's going there and he's not going to come back again so far as he can tell. Um, now we can say, okay, so I mean, he's sensed that since Bag End, right? This is not, uh, it's not a new idea. Um, I would argue that I think he's had a pretty clear idea, as did Gandalf, uh, that, uh, that, you know, Gandalf already raised the possibility of him having to be the one to take the ring to Mordor back in Bag End. Remember, that came up. And Gandalf raised that, though he did throw him, you know, the lifeline, right? That task may be reserved for others, right? It's, it's at least a possibility, right? Um, so, yeah, anyway, I don't think that he really believed. So, I've been getting in a bad habit lately of pointing to the film as an example of what I think is untrue about the book. <laughs> but it so often illustrates it really nicely, so I may keep doing it. But I I just mentioned that so as to say I don't want to create the impression that I think the film is just the film adaptations are just horrible and do everything wrong. But what I'm thinking of is, you know, that that moment it's Sam, it's not Frodo in the film, right? When Sam comes to Frodo and he says he's got their bags packed and he's assuming they're going home, right? The, the, the kind of assumption uh, that Sam expresses, the kind of confidence that movie Sam expresses about, like, you know, going home, or you know, that, like, their task is done, um, I don't think anybody feels that way uh, in, in the book. I don't think any of the hobbits feel that way in the books. I certainly don't think Frodo felt that way. So I certainly don't think that we can interpret this as saying, um, you know, he was like, what happened? You know, that kind of movement within his heart that led him to volunteer at the council uh, came upon him unexpectedly and suddenly and he'd never, you know, and it, and it, you know, in retrospect blows him away. I don't think, um, I don't think that that is, you know, what happened at all. Um, now, I do acknowledge, um, uh, I do acknowledge that uh, he, he uses the word dreamed, right? Which is different, right? He, he, he says, as uh, somebody was just pointing out, um, uh, yeah, JJ was uh, saying this, as was, I think, somebody else just a little bit earlier on, um, that um, he, he, he didn't, it didn't necessarily say he believed it. Right, just that he dreamed that his task was done, um, and he imagines resting here for a long while, perhaps for good. In fact, he seems here to be articulating what that thing that he had the really strong longing for, right? Um, uh, right before he volunteers, that desire to stay here at peace with Bilbo, 
Um, yeah, yeah. So, he dreamed that briefly, I guess. But here's one other interesting thing. Notice that he's not dreaming about going home, right? Um, there are <clears throat> sort of three options, right? Notice that there, there were kind of, well, in Bag End, when he was talking to Gandalf about this, there were two options, right? One was the there and back journey like Bilbo's, where you go, you do the job, and you come back home, right? Not exactly the same, but you come back home. Um, and that's, uh, that's one possibility, right? That's one, uh, that's one version. But he never believed in that, right? Um, he thought that this was definitely no there and no treasure hunt, right? No there and back journey. Um, the other option was to go the much more depressing option that he thought was more likely to be his fate, right? That he was going to, uh, uh, that he was going on a one-way trip, right? That he was just going, you know, going to be flying from deadly peril into deadly, per deadly peril, drawing it after him, right? That he was going to spend the rest of his life wandering through the wild, on the run, hiding from the spies and servants of Sauron, right? That was, uh, that was the other option, right? To go there, meaning away from the Shire and never return again, right? This dream here that he refers to seems to suggest almost a kind of third possibility, right? Um, namely, that he could go there and not go back again, but it doesn't have to be on the run, right? He could stay here. He'd be safe here, right? He wouldn't have to worry about the, 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 the spies and servants of Sauron finding him uh, if he were here. He could remain here, you know, so long as the ring didn't, right? If his task were done and he could give up the ring and not worry about it any, anymore and just, you know, retire to Rivendell, like Bilbo has retired to Rivendell. But it's interesting to me that the going home, again, it's one of the reasons why, one of the several reasons why that scene always kind of makes me twitch, the movie scene always kind of makes me twitch a little bit because it's, um, it's anyway, it's very different uh, from the books. Um, it's very untrue to the situation here, to the real uh, kind of emotional and, I don't know, even spiritual, in a sense, situation. Their sense of their own callings and duties is what I mean by that, by spiritual. Um, Sam is definitely not packing up and going to be pressing Frodo to go back home, right? Um, he is instead focused entirely on following Frodo wherever he may go. And he clearly um, had the sense that Frodo was going to be going on, right? Um, that Frodo was going to be moving forward. Um, but even Frodo himself does not seem to imagine going home. Um, now Bilbo is here, right? And Tim, you're right. Um, Frodo doesn't have a home to go to. Um, not not really his home, right? He sold uh, Bag End to the Sackville Bagginses, and Bilbo is here, right? Um, so, in some ways, this is an upgrade, right, from his, uh, you know, his new house in Crick Hollow, right? Better 
to stay. I mean, you know, it's nice, and they fixed it up as nice as they could and everything, but um, um, but it's not going to be the same as, you know, the old house at Bag End and, um, uh, you know, whatever. But um, it's... Uh, but again, I think more importantly, that home... Think about one of the reasons that this strikes me as particularly important. Remember The Hobbit, right? Remember the pattern that we're following. Frodo differentiates his quest, his undertaking, from Bilbo's at the beginning, right? My journey is not like Bilbo's journey. I'm not going there and back again. And we see that continuously borne out. Remember, of course, in The Hobbit, when Bilbo is on his journey, what's he doing all the time? Right? What does the narrator keep reminding us that Bilbo is doing? Right? What he's always doing is fantasizing about home. <coughs> Imagining his, you know, wishing to be next to his hearth with the kettle just beginning to sing. Right? Uh, not for the last time, as the Hobbit narrator is always reminding us at that point. Um, uh, exactly. Thinking about bacon and eggs, uh, Matthew. That's that's exactly it. Um, he, um, Frodo doesn't do that, right? Frodo is not on that kind of... The, the, the back again was always the point, right? I mean, Bilbo's destination was never the Lonely Mountain. Right? The Lonely Mountain was only a waypoint on the there and back again journey. Right? It was the point at which the journey was going to turn around and, you know, it, it was the midpoint of the journey, not the end of the journey. Home was always the end of the journey. It's always the, you know, the sort of measure, right, by which the whole process um, was sort of measured, you know, how, how close he was to success. Um, and um, with Frodo, it isn't that, right? He hasn't at any point been thinking, he's only been thinking about uh, how to escape, how to leave, how to cover his trail, even to the point. Uh, I mean, he, as, I mean, you know, I don't want to leave too quickly the point um that you guys were making. Tim, you make a really important point. He sold his home before he left, right? I mean, Bilbo doesn't exactly make good arrangements, right? Everybody thinks he's dead and he returns home to find his house being sold off. Um, but Frodo sells his home before he leaves, right? Um, and conceals, actively conceals, you know, Bilbo didn't conceal his departure on purpose, right? Um, but Frodo does uh, conceal his departure on purpose. Um, and um, anyway, so uh, uh, yeah, Tomas is wondering, is it like the burning of the ships? Well, less obnoxious, right? He doesn't set fire to it. Uh, and uh, and what's more, it's actually his, right? As opposed to something he stole. So it has certain differences uh, with the burning of the ships. But it is, Tomas, almost as, almost as permanent. I mean, there's, it's not... It's not as horrible. I mean, I, I still think the burning of the ships is one of the most horrible things that Feanor did, quite possibly, in its way, the worst. I think that that was the, really the... The, the thing from which there was no turning back uh, for Fanor. I know the kinslaying is, is I mean, killing uh, fellow elves is worse than setting fire to the ships. I'm not trying to argue that exactly. 
but um uh but i think he's further around the bend like i I feel like that's his point of no return but anyway that's um uh that's neither here nor there the point is it's not that kind of a moral step uh you know very serious bad moral step that frodo's making and yet it's almost as irrevocable right i mean uh the remember when the um um remember when his friends are talking, you know, the conspiracy and his, you know, how the lengths he's going to, to, uh, to conceal the fact that he was going and yet how obvious it was that he was planning a major step. Right. And they mention like actually, um, you know, actually selling his beloved bag end. Like if he's going to go to extremes like that, there's obviously, you know, something's obviously up, you know? Um, so anyway, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, right. Okay. Tomas, right. Thinking not of Feanor, uh, but of Cortez. Yeah. In a more Cortesian sense, right. In the sense of you can't go home, but still e- 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 there, I don't think that parallel works exactly either. Um, yeah. Talk about burning ships. I'm always going to be thinking of Feanor first. Um, but, um, but anyway, the larger point here is simply that Frodo, I'm not saying he doesn't want to go home. But it's not, it's certainly not his, it was always Bilbo's destination. It has never been that his destination here. And we can see that, right? Um, His dream, right? In as much as he has a dream, you know, a fantasy about what he could do and how things could turn out, his dream is to retire in Rivendell, right? To be enabled to stay here, not to go home. He's still going there. And not back again, except that there is nicer, right? Rivendell instead of Mordor. And the not coming back again means quiet retirement instead of horribly painful death. So there's a lot of ways in which this would certainly be a fantasy outcome instead instead of the horror outcome. But um, but nevertheless, it both are still in the same pattern, if you see what I mean. Both are still there and not going back again. Uh, home is... Uh, right out of the picture. And I'd be interested. I don't... Off the top of my head, I can't remember any time that Frodo is going to long for home in the way that Bilbo did, right? At any point in the entire rest of the books. Um, I just don't think that I don't remember <clears throat> that er- <clears throat> sorry I don't remember that ever happening um in the entire rest of the book it'll be interesting to watch Sam's going to remember home right um and he's going to talk about going home um but Frodo I don't think is going to do that not as far as I remember um yeah 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 exactly going through that's the first thing that i was uh thinking of um that uh sam asks him if he can remember the shire um but he can't right yeah exactly he 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 fails there um uh yeah yeah um anyway let's um so we'll 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 see what we see as we move forward there. But I do think it's interesting that that's what his dream is. Um, resting here a long while, perhaps for good. 
here's one of the reasons that I think that here's another reason I think that's interesting. Is there a sense in which this dream kind of gives itself away? That is to say, I suspect perhaps this dream that he dreamed, it's not a bad dream. It's not a wicked dream, right? Um, it's uh, like, it's not like a dream he's got to repent of or something, but, um, but ultimately it's um, like an irresponsible dream. It's an avoidance dream. Um, it's in neither one thing nor the other dream, right? I neither go on the quest and fulfill this task, nor go home, right? I just remain here in a kind of limbo. In a, it's almost an escapist dream, in a sense, right? Um, to be outside of uh, all that. Now, like Bilbo remaining here, it's different for him. Right. Uh, it, you know, when you're 130, retirement to Rivendell means something quite different. Um, but. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, um, e- exactly. Go going through at the very least, it's punting the problem to somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and uh, now we know he's he didn't do it right he didn't cling to that. If it was a temptation, he resisted the temptation. When the time came uh, for somebody to volunteer to take the ring, <clears throat> he volunteered, right? He stepped forward. Um, <clears throat> he did, in fact, stand forth like he was supposed to do. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Now, uh, Flamifer, I hear you <clears throat> about the significance of uh, Frodo's earlier dreams, but I don't think this is that kind of a dream. I don't think he had a dream. <clears throat> First of all, every other dream he's had that's been significant has been narrated as part of the narration. Like, we're told about the dream, like in the moment, while he's still asleep in the narrative, right? <clears throat> I see no reason to think this is that kind of dream. I think that he's talking about essentially daydreaming. I think he's essentially daydreaming about... Uh, uh, that his task was done and he could rest here a long while. He's, it, I, I, because again, I, I see no reason to believe it was a dream anything like his other dreams that we've seen um, described. Um, I think he's just saying like he had this wish, right? He he allowed himself to imagine yesterday when he woke up and he went to the feast and he. Um, yeah, he woke up and he went to the feast and he saw Bilbo in the uh, in the the Hall of Fire and then they went back to his room and talked for a while, um, you know, under the stars. That he indulged during that time, he indulged this desire, right? This wish that maybe it could always be like this, right? Maybe he could just live here and do this like that all the time. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I I think that that's all he means when he says, I dreamed that my task was done. Um, I don't know that I could prove it, like to prove that he didn't have a dream. The only thing I can say is that it breaks with the pattern. Every other dream that he's had that's been significant has been narrated to us. And so therefore, I don't see why this, that was wouldn't be uh, in that in that sense. Um, 
so yeah, it's in that sense, it's not that this is a false dream and the others were true dreams, Flamifer. It's that this one isn't a dream. It's just a wish. Um, a, a waking wish or desire. Um, the longing, right? Just like that longing that can, that rose up within his heart uh, in the council itself, right? Um, not a dream. So again, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just a different kind of thing. Um, and Rowan, you're right. And I saw a couple other people talking about this too, uh, that, um, it was pretty quick after his recovery as well, that he, he's only been, you know, conscious since his ordeal, uh, for like a day or less than a day. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's, um, also, I think kind of puts into context what he says about his dream here, right? He didn't have long to indulge it. Um, and uh, I don't think it, uh, this desire of his took very firm root or was a, uh, was really held in his heart as a very viable option. I think it's been pretty clear. Um, I think even back when Gandalf was saying to him in Bag End uh, that he was meant to find the ring and that might be a comforting thought and Frodo said it is not, right? I think that one of the reasons he's thought that his being meant to find the, to have the ring was a comforting, was not a comforting thought, um, uh, was that he could tell then, right? He could sense from there uh, that this was his, that he was going to have this job to do. Right. Um, that he had to um, that this was not going to work out like a quiet retirement uh, for him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. OK. So, again, back to my question, where is Frodo right now in his, you know, in his headspace? Is there anything? Let me um, uh, let me ask this question another way. If you were a director, what would you say to the Frodo actor who is delivering this line? Like, what instructions would you give to the Frodo actor who is delivering these lines? You see what I mean? I mean, you could imagine doing it a couple different ways. Is he? Um, Half joking, right? Is he bitter? He could say it bitter. You know, that would fit the words. Depressed? Angry? Or, I don't know. I don't know. Um, resigned? O'Malley? Yeah? Possibly? Drausnik, I agree with you that he starts um, semi-joking. I can't Im Rewards? I can't imagine a more severe punishment. Is almost in line with the bantering hobbitry tone that Pippin was clearly using, right? Uh, and that Frodo was responding to. Um... But that next sentence, you were not thinking what you were saying. Condemned to go on this hopeless journey, a reward? Um, condemned to go on this hopeless journey. Yeah, Flamifer, I agree. That does not sound like hobbitry to me. If, he, if there was 
a little bit of echoing back to Pippin, what Pippin was giving. It's gone by that second sentence, right? Um, yeah, Fourth Dauntless says uh, that initial hobbitry sounds a bit desperate. He's covering, not honestly joking. Yeah, I, I think he's trying, right? He's trying to respond to Pippin in kind, but he can't. That That makes sense. Condemned, I agree, Nancy. Condemned is a hard word. Um, uh, condemned is a hard word. Condemned to go on this hopeless journey. Well, thank you, bold ring bearer, right? Uh, 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 you know, that is to say, he's not sounding like the protagonist here, right? He's not sounding like, uh, you know, the guy from the Hall of Fame of Elf Friends speaking here, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Cecilia thinks wistful. That last sentence is wistful. Definitely. Definitely. Um, exasperated. Amethorn, yeah. Exasperated at their not understanding the gravity of the situation. Now, like, hobbits understand why other hobbits speak lightly at times, right? What... Um, what Mary is going to have to explain explicitly in the Houses of Healing uh, to Aragorn, whom he still thinks does not understand it, right? Um, and I love it. By the way, we'll forecast. I'll do this early, because it's going to be a while. By the time we get to it, we'll all have forgotten it again anyway. Um, I believe that the speech that prompts Mary to be apologetic to Aragorn in the in the Houses of the Healing about how he's like not slept in a day and a half and uh, and everything else. Um, I think that Aragorn is totally attempting hobbitry again. But Aragorn is just he's so bad at it. Like Aragorn is so bad at hobbitry. Um, he almost never succeeds uh, in maintaining the tone and carrying off the tone that you're supposed to have. Gandalf is like a, is a natural. Even Elrond is reasonably good at it, though it's a little stiff. But uh, but Aragorn, he just he he's he's hopeless. He is hopeless when it comes to hobbitry, um, and uh, uh, such that Mary thinks he's not even joking. Right? Mary misses the point uh, entirely, and he's got to explain it. Right? Anyway, so uh, Frodo obviously gets it. He understands, and he understands what's behind it in everything. Um, but the you are not thinking what you are saying comes close to objecting to the hobbitry tone entirely. Like, don't make jokes about it, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you are not thinking what you are saying. Condemned to go on this hopeless journey of reward? That's not even a joke, Right? Um, Mary and Pippin both, though, refuse to be cut back by this, right? They're, they're, they're not, neither one of them are going to leave off uh, with hobbitry, though uh, Mary has a good kind of compromising tone to Frodo, um, which is what we're going to look at, uh, look at next. Um, but I agree, Evil Dr. Cannon, that it shows where Matt is, that he's not where Matt, no, you are Matt, shows where Frodo is, that he's not in the mood for it. Absolutely. I think it does tell us uh, something um, about that. Um, 
Exactly. Likely a bot. Frodo has to be thinking that Sam is likely to die, which is not a joking matter. Uh, no, but of course, like not joking matters are exactly what hobbits do joke about. Right. And again, Frodo understands that, uh, you know, as well as any other hobbit. But um, but he's 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 not that he can't do it. Right. He can't do it. So um, he is in a sufficiently serious frame of mind. Do I think he's depressed? I don't think he's depressed. Um, he sounds a little too active for that. Um, he does get wistful at the end, I agree. Um, I think that he's... Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Freebird, you're right. He's trying to dissuade them from following. That's true. That's true. Um, he wants to seriously... Dis- and Freebird, of course, you mentioned this. We've seen this kind of thing before. Right. At the conspiracy unmasked when they're all joking and he feels like, hang on, hang on. No, 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 guys, seriously, let's talk about this. Right. Um, you don't understand what you're saying. Um, uh, he takes exactly that kind of tone with them um, when he said, you know, when in his like, I can't allow it kinds of speeches then. Um, and uh, and again, he thinks that or he seems to be concerned that they just don't get it. They don't comprehend how serious a business this is. Um, Yeah, Blue Wizard, I agree. He's trying to convey, as he was before, that this is his burden, but it doesn't have to be theirs. Um, He doesn't joke about it, though. Bilbo was joking about it. Right. Bilbo made a serious offer to take the ring on himself and joked about it the whole time. Right. Joked about it so successfully that it almost made Boromir laugh. Right. Or would have done had everybody else in the room, you know, not been laughing also. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right, Evil Dr. Cannon. Bilbo's joke only involved himself, and here Frodo is thinking about Sam's already been condemned to go on this hopeless journey, right? Um, You know, and so it's, uh, if this is jest, it's too bitter for laughter, Um, especially in exactly the, even in exactly the terms that Pippin was joking about, right? Um, Imagining that Elrond should have punished him, and instead of punishing him, he rewarded him, and Frodo's like, what are you talking about? He condemned him to death. What more do you want? Right? And so the disjunction there uh, is, uh, uh, is it seems to reflect his... I agree that Bilbo was only joking about himself. Um, I like Mary's response, right? On the one hand, he doesn't back down. I don't wonder, and I wish you could. But we are envying Sam, not you. If you have to go, then it will be a punishment for any of us to be left behind, even in Rivendell. We've come a long way with you and been through some stiff times. We want to go on. Now, he doesn't joke here exactly. But again, that reversal that we are envying Sam, not you, is still a funny way of saying it, right? Um, He is still being light in his expressions, but he's being gentle, right? I don't wonder, and I wish you could, right? I don't wonder that you dreamed that your task was done and you could rest here a long while. And I wish you could, right? 
Um, but we're envying Sam, not you. We're not saying we wish that we also could be on this quest. And notice also the distinction that he's making. Um, he's correcting, implicitly correcting something that Frodo said, which I think is very important. And, and what he's correcting is the word condemned. Elrond didn't condemn Sam to go on this trip. He rewarded him. And Mary's going to stand up for that. He's going to defend the joke, right? Um, Elrond did reward Sam. Reward him by granting him what he wanted. Allowing him to go along with Frodo. Is where Frodo's going is really horrible. That's absolutely true. But Sam was given what he wanted, uh, which was the privilege of going along with Frodo. And if you have to go, then it will be a punishment for any of us to be left behind, even in Rivendell. So he's calling Frodo on that. Sam wasn't condemned, right? Sam chose. Sam wanted to go. And he was given his wish, right? So you can go on and say, Frodo, that Sam shouldn't wish for that, right? That he shouldn't want to go on this journey with you, right? But the fact is, he does. And so do Merry and Pippin. And they would consider it a punishment for them to be left behind if he has to go. Um, even if they have to be left behind in Rivendell. Notice how he ties it back into his, his dream, his wish, his daydream. Right? They could live it. They could retire here. Or maybe, maybe they'd be allowed to stay. Um, doesn't look like Elrond's going to be booting them out anytime soon, right? So, um... But anyway, like, even if we got to stay here in Rivendell, right, it would be not the fulfillment of our wishes. It would be like a punishment. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like Leobot says, uh, hang on, let me go back to that. Yeah, it's one of those moments when I remember that Mary is a princeling. Um, yeah, yeah, he is. Um he is. Yeah, Drowsnake said he just realized that over 50% of the Fellowship are essentially royalty. Um, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of different kinds, right? But um, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's um, uh, it's a fairly august group, right? As, uh, remember, Gandalf is going to be kind of making a joke about that, right? When uh, um, Wormtongue makes his crack about the ragged wanderers in gray, right? And... Uh, um, Gandalf is going to point out what uh, an august guest list, in fact, uh, he has right here. Um, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that's an interesting parallel, Green Great Dragon. Um, being like if uh, if Hurin and Huor had been detained in Gondolin and not allowed to leave as they uh, as they were, um, that's what it would be like for Merry and Pippin to stay uh, in Rivendell. Yeah, that's an interesting parallel. Um, yeah. Um, so I, as I say, I love the the gentleness but firmness with which. Mary corrects him here, right? And it all pivots on that sentence I find so delightful, but we are envying Sam, not you, right? We're not envying. We don't want to be you. We're not wishing that this task had been laid on us. Um, 
if there's anyone who's been condemned, it's Frodo, right? But he took it on himself, right? This is why that free will moment was so important. Um, and now Mary is basically pointing out, because again, the condemnation crack, right, that Frodo made before in his bitterness, concern, um, his upset that, you know, Sam is uh, coming along, right, on this hopeless journey. Um, Mary's not going to let him get away with it, right? Sam chose. They choose. And he, Frodo, is um, not going to get to overrule their choice. Frodo chose to take up the quest. They choose to come along. They want to go on. And of course, it's adorable. We have come a long way with you and been through some stiff times. It's adorable from the context of knowing what happens later, right? Knowing what a small percentage of their journeys and their difficulties the hobbits are in fact through at this point. It's adorable uh, to hear Mary talk about how long they've come and how stiff have been the times through which they have come. It's not that it's untrue. Their journey is a very significant one by their measure, by any Hobbit measure. Um, And the times they have come through, it's not that they've not experienced anything, right? Uh, You know, the Barrow, uh, the Barrow, you know, the old forest, the Barrow Downs, um, uh, the, the incidents in Bree, the attack on Weathertop, the flight to the Ford. These are pretty significant moments. Um, and yet, um, there's um, so much yet to come, right? And as Gandalf is going to say later on in this chapter, um, uh, you know, Gandalf and Elrond will both agree that neither Merry nor Pippin really understands um, what is to come. And we can see that really clear uh, here. Um, but, um, yeah, it's true. No, I, I'm not down. You know, several people pointing out that, you know, there, there was some very serious peril that they have faced. They did almost get eaten by a tree. Uh, and they were, you know, their time in the barrow. That was, that was legitimately, uh, legitimately deadly. I totally agree. Oh no. All, all that stuff is true. Um, but, um, I'm just saying it's a, it's a clear indication that, um, I have no doubt that Merry, when he returns to Rivendell and looks back at this moment, would not think that when he was last in Rivendell, I don't think that he would have, he would, in retrospect, call the trip from, you know, the Shire to Rivendell that he has, that he's here commenting. I don't think that he would now say, you know, we, we came a long way, right? It's going to, it's, it's going to look different to him later on is all I'm saying. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, again, it's not, it's not that it's not true. It's not that it's not true. Those were all definitely um, stiff times. But so much more to come. Um, and then he ends with that really simple statement. We want to go on. Right? And again, notice he ends by reasserting his choice. Frodo... I understand. I understand how you feel. I I understand how you feel about yourself, your wish to stay here, and your sort of regret that you're not going to be able to do that, Um, your sense of hopelessness about the journey that's in front of you, your concern about Sam, 
and your and us as your other friends uh, that, um, you know, but you cannot abrogate our choice. We want to go on. And Pippin, without this sort of gentle compromise of tone, right? That's what I meant. We hobbits ought to stick together and we will. I shall go unless they chain me up. Notice he's a, uh, he goes well beyond we want to go on. I shall go, right? And notice how he's back to being clapped in chains by Elrond, right? He goes back to his original joke. Um, he, he's absolutely doubling down on this, right? Um, when Pippin had joked that Sam ought to have been clapped in chains and instead was sent on, uh, was, was rewarded, right? And sent on the journey. Um, Pippin is now still is keep going back to that same joke, right? Yep. So there are two cha- there are two choices, either being clapped in chains or um, going along with the party, right? That's those are the only you know being sent along on the journey just like Sam was. Those are the only two th- you know those were the two options for Sam, uh, and uh, those are the only two options for me too. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I love how that's. Yeah, I don't know what he's going to contrive to do, right, uh, to get chained up as a punishment or whatever. But he's he's determined. His choice, he states his choice even more resolutely and more whimsically, right? I shall go unless they chain me up. Um, just using the future tense. And then there must be someone with intelligence in the party. So how do you end Right? How do you end this kind of statement? How does what is his contribution to um, cheering up Frodo? Right to countering Frodo's anxiety-ridden, possibly bitterness-tinged statements from before. Um, he ends it with a joke, with an insult. Right, classic hobbitry. Right um, by insulting Frodo's intelligence. Uh, is how he brings it back around, right? Um, there must be someone with intelligence in the party. Um, so he's insulting all three of the rest of them, right? But, of, unfortunately, there is someone else at hand uh, who knows just the right answer. Um, then you certainly will not be chosen, Peregrine took, said Gandalf, looking in through the window, which was near the ground. Um, so Gandalf isn't going to let him get away with that, right? Uh, there must be someone with intelligence in the party. Um, remember this. Remember the occasion of this when we come back to this later on. Um, soon, probably. Um, uh, then you certainly will not be chosen, Peregrine took. Um, the scolding tone, right? But Again, Gandalf, really good at hobbitry. Um, the uh, the joking scolding of him, right? Hamathorn, I agree. Gandalf is kind of the king of comebacks. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Christmas, I, Christmas wondering how near the ground this window is. You know, was is Gandalf like lying down or like on his hands and knees? Probably not that close to the ground. Uh, I suspect this just means it's the first story window, just like they have for Hobbits and Bree, remember? They have uh, ground floor windows uh, for them. Um, 
because they, you know Bowman knows they don't like to go upstairs, or as we learned in the Mythgard Academy, maybe he does it to present them to prevent them throwing his crockery out the the you know the the upper story windows, um, like hobbits are want to throw their dirty dishes out the window. Crucial things you learn in the Mythgard Academy. Um, but um, but yes, I, I I I believe it's only a ground floor window. I don't think that Gandalf is crawling along on his hands and knees uh, coming up to a tiny little uh, window. Um, yeah. But um, notice where Gandalf goes immediately. Now, I have to imagine um, that Gandalf... So it's possible that Gandalf was just passing by and only heard the last comment. But I don't think it likely. I think that he's at least heard back to what Frodo said. Um, when he says, you are all worrying yourselves unnecessarily, suggests that he's heard what all of them were saying, right? You are all worrying yourselves unnecessarily. Nothing is decided yet. What does he mean by you are all worrying yourselves unnecessarily? Um, it seems that he's addressing both of the um, both of the concerns, right? Merry and Pippin are concerned that they're going to be left behind. Frodo is concerned that they're going to come, right? And Gandalf says, "There's no point in arguing about any of this, right? Nothing is decided yet. It's not at all certain that Merry and Pippin are not going to be allowed to come, nor is it certain that they're going to be allowed to go." Um, uh, nothing is decided yet. Um, well, we will see. This, of course, is a transition in to our next slide, which we will talk about next time. Um, so we're going to we're going to stop here uh, because you know one slide is plenty uh, for a class. And also, remind me, don't I didn't want to talk about too many things uh, in one session. Don't let me forget next time. To tell you about our, we did our reenactment at Mythmoot. Um, we did our reenactment about the uh, uh, seating arrangements. We finally got around to the seating arrangements at the at the feast in Frodo's honor uh, uh, in Rivendell reenactment, um, which I thought was uh, really helpful. Actually, uh, it uh, it helped me a great deal uh, to picture that more clearly. So I will I will share with you tentative conclusions from the reenactment. Um, but uh, anyway, so we'll talk. We'll talk about that next time. Don't 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 let me forget next time. Um, but um, anyway, so yeah, so we'll do that next time. And in the meantime, it is field trip time again. Thanks to everybody for uh, uh, joining us, and feel free to join us for the field trip here. Good evening, Valori. How are you? Good evening. It was so great to see you last weekend. It was so oh, awesome. Man. Yeah, it was. Oh, I played Glorfindel at the table. By the way, that was fun. Yeah, exactly. Like a graceful elf, I dropped my plate and all the silverware fell off. It was so awesome. <laughs> that was good. Mm. So, uh, let's see. We're going back to our mile marker at Hlithseld again. At Hlithseld. Yeah, let's, go, let's head back up to Hlithseld. Uh, our level 15 friend, Elfrendir, if you have another alt, that might be preferable. I don't think I can pour a level 15 out there. Yeah. Yeah, nope. we're we're um, 
Sorry, Still we are a very at, dangerous place here. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, the professor and I are still kind of squishy and we need bodyguards. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I'm a hundred and, what am I, 120? So I'm 10 levels yeah, under? Um, yeah, I'm, one, I'm 124. It's still a bit touch and go. Yeah. So as uh, while, while we're waiting for everybody, um, well, the if you were talking about like what a director would say to the actor mm -hmm. for for, Frodo. Um, for Frodo over there, and like my immediate thought is, I would tell the actor, pretend you've aged ten years in two months. Right, right, right. Because yeah, like, so, suddenly, the, so, but, so you're thinking yeah. a, 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 a kind of weariness, right? Is is what you're sort of wanting to capture uh, there? You think? weariness but also frustration that comes with it and it's mm -hmm. keeping in mind this version of Frodo unlike most of the versions we have he is much older than the other young hobbits right. on that one right. just just right. enough to make a difference really and right well especially with Pippin I mean he's almost twice Pippin's age yes exactly yeah hang on yeah. I'm converting to raid okay so my first question is can we get from Framsburg to the other side? I didn't see any bridges. I believe so. I mean, I, I reckon I'm we could jump. Positive. Would we have to go down and cross over that dwarf bridge? No. No? Yeah, I'm going to If you want to get to Lindelby, we have to go down the green way below the word Framsburg. There's two ways to go there, and one of them is scarier than the other. Okay, so we have to cross the river over the uh, old dwarf bridge, the new-ish, old-ish dwarf bridge down here, right to the to the upper right of the word Framsburg on the map, and then um, and then and then bang a right and head down towards the river down there. Honestly, the place where we're headed is due west of Thokvist. That's what I thought. Let's 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 could we probably get to Thokvist from here? Can we? Yeah. Oh, could you accept the raid invite? By the way, we are oh. here for your protection. Oh yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Uh, I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah, some goober gonna... saying help me with my quest. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. There we go. All right. Fuck fist. Sorry, I uh, missed that. Now I got to organize everything now. Hang on. Okay. Sorry. Grimble, sorry. Grimble. Oh, okay. I'm sure, they got some moose attacking people down here. No, I need some. There, let's put green stand well, over there. I think we're ready to go. Everybody left without me. <laughs> but the other, the other thing I thought about Frodo is uh, the way he was sort of berating the others and taking it too lightly. I was immediately thinking of, like, this was Tolkien through the lens of, of um, retrospect, looking at young boys getting excited about signing up for the war. Mm -hmm. going oh this is this be a jolly jaunt this will you know we're gonna s s save the little countries and be everyone's big hero honor and glory it'll all be over by christmas it's like you, you felt like that was still very much the attitude and he was sort of watching with horror right i can are you, I guys, can... Follow, are you guys following me i i don't know where i'm going where is uh, everybody? you can put the cheesy poof on me and i can lead the way you didn't, uh, you didn't hang on yeah. you didn't uh you didn't stable master down to thockfist 
Well, I did. It's just I was trying to organize the raid when everyone took off, so oh, I, I don't Sorry. know where everyone is. I got a trail of ducklings following me, and I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, well, here, let's, uh... Let's see. Okay, yeah, you just keep coming down the road. We're not too far south. Okay, I am going south. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah. I hard to manage things on horseback. I have a tendency to stop so I don't die. Okay. There's no fun in that. Well, I, I'll be able to do it in Iridium. As long as I don't fall off any cliffs, but uh, uh, not so the best spot for it out here. Oh, look, it's a red circle, so that's a, that's easy enough. Well, it's good that we know where that is. Ooh, look, there's a camp down there. It's full of bad guys. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, never a nice that. camp. It's a, it's a goblin camp. I think we encountered that one last time. Well, um, this direct this direct route. Whoa. Um, okay. That was deliberate. Oh, that was deliberate. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. They're, they're all the they're all lemminging off the clip there. Oh. Well. Oh. That wasn't Plan A. But I think we can get down over here, can we? This looks yeah, like the a little green patch. Spot. Yeah, right here. Yep. And you jumped a little okay. high. Okay, there we go. There we All go. right, so we can head down. Hmm. I don't think I need to explore that camp as it's... Oh, yeah, yes, I do. No, of it's course. just rock. I thought there was yeah, something interesting there, but and there's nope. not really. Nope. Okay. Ah, bats! Just a couple bad guys and bats trying to kill us all and... Okay. Looking for a way down. Oh, willows, that must be a good sign. Okay, mm -hmm. here we are. Head to the water. Here we are at the water. And you want to swim a little bit north. Okay, I'm still not even the swimming stage. I'm still amused by the, the, the blue effect I get on my weapon when I'm near orcs. That is one of the cooler oh. things they added to the game. That was a cool present. More. I like mm -hmm. that one. I can't get on my horse. I'm under attack. <laughs> okay, I'm in the river proper now. There's right. There's that dwarf bridge, the broken down dwarf bridge. <coughs> so we head north up here. Mm -hmm. Um. We're still missing some people. Yeah, just a bit of us. Did we go swimming? Like, what happened there? Yeah, just just head to the river and swim. Go okay, straight. I'm doing go that. straight west. Yep. Okay. I'm having bad luck tonight. Bad yep. you. Don't like it. This will all end in tears. Right. So if you get to the river and then then just head north up, you'll see the the little narrowing with the with the willow trees just north of it. Mm-hmm. Come out on the on the shore onto the west. Yeah. Alright. Cheesy poof's on Caressa right now, so we can and now be a lantern to our That is Yeah, that's the tip of the Fromsberg 
Yeah, you can see it up above there. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Want to go up here on the shore? Whoa. That looks really yep. impressive. Boy, that's just like an utterly unassailable fortress. That's zero points of articulation. I can see why Fram was interested. All right. So yeah. from here, oh, we've still got to head south a ways here, don't we? Okay, so we're going to go up this little path again. up here. Yep, follow right, the we'll Bouncing go, Cape. We'll go up this little path. Get up this, there's no further danger. Oh, it's nice to know. Well, there's danger, but there's not really danger. It's only danger, <sighs> danger to other people. Right. So we can... This way we're only going to be facing a little of the peril, is what you're saying? Well, you'll see when we get there what I'm referring to. <laughs> Moderate to peril. Do we get to double back over this way? I'm just going to follow this path. Just gonna follow oh, this it's path. so misty. Okay. I love the mist. Big fan of the mist. Yeah, Scenario is the gentleman who is responsible for most of the world building in this area. Nice. Okay. Kabed Rimdath. 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 Okay. Oh, boy, we're going nowhere near where I thought we were going. I guess this is a just a narrow path. Narrow pass here over this part of the no, mountain. It's like trying to find Rivendell again. Good thing you're not a chicken this time. Yeah, though um, much harder to lose this path once you uh, find it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like the guardrails made of rock on either side. Yeah, exactly. He's so compliant up here. Yes. A little bit easier. Certainly not built by elves. Oh, there's a little path down here, which is I'm ignoring. There's nothing down there. Yeah, well, it's I suspected that. It's one of the reasons why I was ignoring it. <laughs> Careful with the okay. turn up here to the hairpin. All right. <laughs> Definitely oh, not boy. want to go careening off on a war steed. Just saying. Yeah, no, right. no, no, no. This is not Ward Steed driving no. compliant. No. Okay, so we're along the river now. We've come back out on the river. That seems fine. Ooh, it's cloudy and gray. It looks like wheels. Where the and fluff am I? Nighttime again. It's oh, not I got time it. For a field. Jeez, okay. looks like a solid wall. It does. That's part of the point. Here, I'm all, I've all fallen behind here because I keep stopping to look around. Yeah. We are way above the river now. Oh, yeah, this really does look like a dead end. Then we cut inwards here, right? Yeah. Okay. Things are not always what they seem in this place. All right. And if you play with the sound off, I might recommend uh, listening to the music because Bill Champagne wrote a banger for what we're about to see. 
Okay. Oh, we're going down. Oh, We've oh missed. The, the main pass here. And a misty valley opens before us. Mist feels like it's following us. Let's see. Yeah, no, no. this looks like a good place for a scenic overlook. Ooh. Oh, I'm seeing something. Oh, my. What is that? <gasps> a little village on the hill? Oh, my. Looking around to see if I see anything reaction. else. Oh, man. Who... No way. Those are hobbit holes. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, that my are... gosh. I tried I to avoid spoilers. Expecting. I really did. It was so cool to see this. <laughs> this I is had... why we don't spoil. It's the Discovery Wonder. I had no idea that this was coming because we already found the... Um... But you can, you can tell from the bridge oh, right away look at the, and the bridge. lanterns at head height and the lanterns exactly perfect for oh, big eagle the three arch bridge just like the, like the brandywine bridge oh, oh yeah. I, I swear eagles always take me by surprise they're so big okay. and that you don't see them until you're like right on them really, that's how the game renders it fungland well well done those guys Wow. If it wasn't intentional, it's a good trick. Yeah, look at the, as you say, head high. Head high lanterns. Just posts. great for banging your head on after yeah. a pub run. Stone walls. Now let's see if we can see any differences here. So we've got, huh. They've got stone walls very similar to our, uh, to our, our human friends. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out if there's any like, like differences in the Hobbit holes here, and the only the it's hard because I think the primary differences are that like these were designed when the graphics were a little bit better, but you can find other differences <gasps> as well. I mean, like that door is really cool, but I think it's just kind yeah. of yeah better detail uh in a lot That's of ways definitely Notice hard wearing these are made out of stone when many of the hobbit holes like the fronts uh you know of the hobbit holes um in the shire as i recall more of them look kind of like um the um like the brie houses like rather than being yeah. built stone like this mm-hmm well it it reminds me a lot of like a lot of the stone little stone huts you see in Ireland that they were they built it out of just simply because when they were digging up things to make walls and farms there was hundreds and hundreds of rocks under the ground right. so they exactly. were readily available. Exactly. Yeah, we have um, we have this. That's why there's ancient stone walls all over New England here where I live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, wow. got a little party stage. It's got bunting. Something's happening. Yeah, this is lovely. Little flower garden here next to the door and beer barrels. Yeah, 
The cat is killing all the chickens. <laughs> what? No, stop the cat, man. My cat is killing man. all the chickens. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Room. You can kill chickens here? <laughs> yes. That's horrific. Well, those anyway. Those chickens. Oops, I can't no, really no. click on my... No, no, he's destroying their livelihood. <laughs> no, well, the shrew's fine. fine. Kill the shrew. There we go. Pisky shrew. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I apologize <clears throat> if my... Ooh, hey, there's a milestone here. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, let's get that. Yeah, yeah, let's definitely get that because we're going to want to come back here and continue. Looking. We're not going to We're not gonna be able to explore the whole thing here this time. So this is better oh. than Hlithsailed anyway. Turn your cat off! <laughs> I can't. I'm in a non-right-clicking zone again. Let me see if I can... do it okay that's all right um it's fine yeah I'm sure you can exactly. pay for those chickens the locals, <laughs> the locals by the way are, are hiding it's part of the quest line is when you do the quest naturally eventually they will come out and you'll greet them they're shy of strangers are they they are indeed well, I wonder why. Is it, is it like, I was going to say, is it like they're afraid, you know, you're going to come and with like feral animals who will destroy all their livestock? And rightly so. Down, you know, the occasional orc or goblin from up north, you know. Hey, gazebo. Oh, what a lovely vegetable garden. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Wow. I see. That Some is so cool. And onions. That yeah, is so cool. All right. Well, let us. I want to wow. see because it looks like there's an eagle eyrie or something up here too. So I want to. I want to continue at seeing what we can see, what conclusions we can draw about these hobbits, because this is fascinating. That there should be a hobbit. I was not expecting this at all. Yes. I'm just glad yeah. that the. Uh, I'm just glad that the ringwraiths didn't find and destroy this place. Oh yeah, because they Remember were hunting for we them. Remember on the bridge. The eagle, right? Is which was you're explaining why they they didn't find and destroy it? Yeah. Well, this village is under their protection. Yes. Oh. All right, that is awesome. So we will um, we will return. Uh, and um, explore further explore Hobbit Gondolin next time, I suppose. <laughs> Very cool. All oh, right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, um, and then that's it. This is the last area here. So after this, we will head up to the Elder Slade. Uh, and because this is a smallish area, and then this way we can finish yep. up. We can get a little more of the, a little more of closure up here in the north. And then we can probably head back to Eregion after that. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Well, I am definitely interested in looking at the Gondolin of the Hobbits uh, next time. And I won't, uh, I won't bring my cat to kill all the chickens next time. So that'll be a little bit easier. <laughs> all right. 
I'm so embarrassed. I can't take you anywhere. <laughs> I know, right? Okay, cool. Well, I, I'm I'm I am keen to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the wonder with haste. So so let us uh, uh, let us finish looking at Lindelby next time, and then we'll be ready to head on to the Elder Slate after that. Thanks everybody uh, for joining us in our discovery of the little hid- hidden kingdom of the halflings here. Uh, uh, quite unexpected. Uh, and I am fascinated to see what we can learn from observing um, what the what the story is of these folks. So thanks for joining yeah. us, everybody. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye now. Night.